1 Samuel 20, these are God's words. Then David fled from Nioth and Ramah and went and said to Jonathan, What have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before your father? That he seeks my life. So Jonathan said to him, By no means you shall not die. Indeed, my father will do nothing either great or small without first telling me. Why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. Then David took an oath again and said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. He has said, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as Yahweh lives and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. So Jonathan said to David, Whatever you yourself desire, I will do it for you. And David said to Jonathan, Indeed, tomorrow is the new moon. And I should not fail to sit with the king to eat, but let me go that I may hide in the field until the third day at evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked permission of me that he might run over to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he says thus, it is well, your servant will be safe. But if he is very angry, be sure that evil is determined by him. Therefore you shall deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of Yahweh with you. Nevertheless, if there is iniquity in me, kill me yourself. Sorry. Nevertheless, if there is iniquity in me, kill me yourself, for why should you bring me to your father? But Jonathan said, Far be it from you, for if I knew certainly that evil was determined by my father to come upon you, then would I not tell you? Then David said, Who will tell me? Or what if your answer what if your father answers you roughly? Jonathan said to David, Come, let us go out into the field. So both of them went out into the field. Jonathan said to David, Yahweh God of Israel is witness. When I have sounded out my father sometime tomorrow, or the third day, and indeed there is good towards David, and I do not send to you and tell you, may Yahweh do so, and much more to Jonathan. But if it pleases my father to do you evil, then I will report it to you and send you away, that you may go in safety, and Yahweh be with you as he has been with my father. And you shall not only show me the kindness of Yahweh while I still live, that I may not die, but you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever. No, not when Yahweh has cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let Yahweh require it at the hand of David's enemies. Now Jonathan again caused David to vow, because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and you will be missed, because your seat will be empty. And when you have stayed three days, go down quickly and come to the place where you hid on the day of the deed, and remain by the stone Edsel. Then I will shoot three arrows to the side, as though I shot at a target. And there I will send a lad, saying, Go find the arrows. If I expressly say to the lad, Look, the arrows are on the side of you. Get them and come. Then, as Yahweh lives, there is safety for you, no harm. But if I say thus to the young man, Look, the arrows are beyond you. 
Go your way, for Yahweh has sent you away. And as for the matter which you and I have spoken of, indeed Yahweh be between you and me forever. Then David hid in the field. And when the new moon had come, the king sat down to eat the feast. Now the king sat on his seat, as it does other times, on a seat by the wall. And Jonathan arose, and Abner sat by Saul's side. But David's place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought, Something has happened to him. He is unclean. Surely he is unclean. And it happened the next day, on the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. And Saul said to Jonathan, his son, Why is the son of Jesse not come to eat, either yesterday or today? So Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked permission of me to go to Bethlehem. And he said, Please let me go, for our family has a sacrifice in the city. My brother has commanded me to be there. Now if I have found favor in your eyes, please let me get away and see my brothers. Therefore he has not come to the king's table. Then Saul's anger was roused against Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, you shall not be established nor your kingdom. Now therefore send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. And Jonathan answered Saul his father, and he said to him, Why should he be killed? What has he done? Then Saul cast a spear at him to kill him, by which Jonathan knew that he was determined, it was determined by his father to kill David. So Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David, because his father had treated him shamefully. And so it was in the morning that Jonathan went out into the field at, that, at the time appointed with David, and a little lad was with him, and he said to his lad, Now run, find the arrows which I shoot. As the lad ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the lad had come to the place where the arrow was, which Jonathan had shot, Jonathan cried out after the lad and said, Is not the arrow beyond you? And Jonathan cried out after the lad, Make haste, hurry, do not delay. So Jonathan's lad gathered up the arrows and came back to his master, but the lad did not know anything. Only Jonathan and David knew of the matter. Jonathan gave his weapons to the lad, and he said to him, Go, carry them to the city. As soon as the lad had gone, David arose from a place toward the south, fell on his face to the ground, and bowed down three times. And they kissed one another, and they wept together, but David more so. And Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, since we have both sworn in the name of Yahweh, saying, May Yahweh be between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. So he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. So far the reading of God's inspired and inerrant word. So, covenant is very important, and whose son you are uh, is very important. Uh, Notice that Saul 
calls David over and over again the son of Jesse, by which he means to remind Jonathan that Jonathan is the son of Saul. Uh, but Saul's love for and interest in Jonathan uh, is not actually a personal interest in Jonathan, even as much as it is more of the fact that Jonathan is Saul's son. And since Jonathan, uh, in Saul's mind, by the end of the passage, is not interested in perpetuating, perpetuating the household of Saul and the name of Saul and the kingdom of Saul, uh, Saul actually turns on his son and tries to kill him. Uh, in the passage. Uh, This is part of um, why when David and Jonathan are coming up with a plan uh, to see if Saul's allegiance is going to be to the Lord and if Saul is not going to be murderous towards David, uh, David asks Jonathan the permission to, to go to Bethlehem for his family sacrifice. Every household would have the... Uh, the monthly new moon uh, sacrifice. Uh, of course, David only asks the permission, and Jonathan only reports that David has asked the permission. David doesn't actually go, uh, because it is in the asking of the permission that they put to the test uh, whether uh, Saul is even going to turn on Jonathan. It's actually um, not that much of a surprise to David Jonathan can't believe that his dad would be so murderous at the beginning of the passage. Uh, but note that in their, um, in their plans, uh, David does say, well, what if he answers you roughly? In other words, what if he turns on you? Who is going to come uh, and tell me uh, if you can't get out to me? And uh, Jonathan basically says, I will get out to you no matter what. And he makes... Uh, a promise before the Lord. So blood is very important, and household is very important. But there is a blood that is more important than having the shared blood of being in a family. And there is a household that is more important than being all under the same earthly head. And that is the blood of the covenant, uh, which we find out is not the blood of bulls and goats, but ultimately the blood of Jesus Christ. And it is the household of God. Uh, And this is why uh, Jonathan and David keep referring to this covenant of Yahweh and Yahweh as witness and um, that you shall show me the chesed, not just kindness, but covenant love, steadfast love, covenant faithfulness uh, of Yahweh, verse 14, while I still live, and you shall not cut off your chesed from my house forever. Uh, in verse 15, uh, and then what I just referred to up in verse 8, therefore you shall deal chesedly according to covenant love or faithfulness with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of Yahweh with you. Uh, And up in verse uh, 3, as Yahweh lives, and uh, Yahweh be between you and me and your descendants and my descendants forever, uh, all the way at the end there in verse 42. Uh, and a couple of other mentions in the passage. Those whom you are closest to uh, are those who, uh, with whom you have the blood of the Lord Jesus in common. The household uh, that is your first and great household is the household of God in Jesus Christ, in which you have brought, been brought in by the blood of Jesus 
as sons and daughters. Now, thankfully, in our household, uh, we are all part of the household of God, and we trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, And if you uh, do not, uh, if you're part of one of those households and you don't come to faith in Jesus Christ, and you end up out of the household of God uh, and not having the blood of Jesus in common with the rest of the family, then you become further from your own family, your own house that you grew up in, uh, than you are uh, from those who are part of the church, who believe in and belong to Jesus uh, and are uh, washed, redeemed by his blood and joined to God in covenant uh, by what Jesus calls the new covenant in my blood, as we'll hear uh, at the Lord's table uh, on this coming Lord's Day. And so let us, first of all, see that God has bound us to himself with this steadfast love that is uh, imitated by David and Jonathan, having covenant love between one another because it was a covenant of Yahweh. The Lord himself has cut covenant and committed himself in love that way. Uh, And so let us, to whom the Lord has bound himself, see that he has bound us to him and love him with all our heart, and be faithful to him, and devoted to him, uh, and that nothing can ever uh, break us off or turn us against him. Uh, And in the second place, uh, let us also have such a commitment to those who are his, uh, his church, his sons and daughters, and the Lord Jesus. And let us rejoice that he, uh, if we give up mother or father, uh, or houses or lands, Uh, or any such thing for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he brings us into covenant with himself, we get in this life a hundredfold mothers and brothers and houses and lands uh, uh, in this life with persecutions. Those two are part of belonging to the Lord Jesus Christ and are sweetened to us because they come because we are joined to him. He has purchased us by his blood to be his very own. Uh, And although there may be times where we have sorrow in this life, there's great sorrow in this passage, isn't there? Jonathan and David having to say goodbye forever. It's even increased by the measure of love that they have for each other. And they even even noted that David wept even more for Jonathan. Uh, There may be times of sorrow, and there may be times that the sorrow is because we love the Lord and his church so much, like the saints under the altar in Revelation 6 in the fifth seal. How long, O Lord, uh, until you avenge the blood uh, of the martyrs, um, of those who are being killed uh, for your sake, Lord Jesus? So it's not that there isn't sorrow, uh, but it is that we know that God has bound us to himself and to one another, and the blood of Jesus, and that sweetens for us even the sorrow until the day that there is no more sorrow. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for what you teach us here. We pray that you would help us to see and remember and marvel at how you have committed yourself to us in covenant love and covenant faithfulness. pray that you would help us to love your church We pray that there wouldn't be anyone in our family who doesn't come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but that we all would be even more eager 
uh, and more glad and more committed uh, to being part of your family by Jesus' blood, uh, then we are thankful and we are thankful that you have put us in this family uh, by shared human blood, uh, merely human blood. And so we pray that you would keep us together and that you would keep us in your love and help us to love your church and to count them as our family in Jesus as well. We pray that if we must suffer persecution for Jesus' sake, that you would gladden us by the fact that that is a fellowship that we have in him, so that his blood and your covenant in him would sweeten even being persecuted and even dying for him, if it ever comes to that. Grant that your spirit would continue to... um, to uh, make our minds and hearts meditate on this portion of your word, make it take root in us and bear fruit in us, we ask. In Jesus' name, and your children here say, Amen. Amen.